If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Truth in My Days podcast is sponsored by the Truth in My Days ministry. Welcome to the Truth in My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men. Hello all. Today we're starting a series on the Creed. What is the Creed? Many evangelical scholars think that Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 15, 3-7 are actually a creed, a statement of faith in the resurrection of Jesus that the early church created soon after Jesus' death and resurrection, and the apostles taught this creed to Paul after his conversion. If this is correct, they say, it means we have evidence for the resurrection dating only three to five years after the fact which is earlier than the gospel books, and provides solid evidence for our beliefs. But is this correct? And, if not, are we undermining the credibility of the New Testament and its message by promoting it? So far, we have seen the focus by evangelical apologists has led to the downplaying of the gospel books themselves as evidence, probably because they believe the gospel books were written long after this supposed creed. However, the gospel books were actually written much earlier than is commonly believed. Matthews, the first, only eight years after the resurrection of Jesus. The gospel books are far more detailed than this supposed creed, so it is problematic that they are being downplayed in favor of the creed. Now, let us continue the discussion. We hope you enjoy this multi-part series. And that's exactly the point I'm making here, is they, the, the evangelical scars don't do that. Because they don't think they need to, because we have this creed now. So just let the liberals get away with late dating. Don't. Go with the evidence. Defend the gospel books. Paul was already using the gospel according to Luke. Luke was his traveling companion. Luke wrote the gospel that Paul was using. We know that because in 1 Timothy 5.18, for example, he quotes. He says, for the scripture says, and he gives you two quotes. Right after that. The scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox as it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Two quotes that Paul calls scripture. The first is from Deuteronomy 25, verse 4. But the second one you won't find anywhere in the Old Testament. You find it only once in the Bible, and that's Luke 10, 7. He must have gotten it from there. So he's using it already by this time. So if he's using it, and this letter is written after that, we got this this problem. And it's a biggie. We don't actually know when this creed was made up, do we? Well, okay, but I guess it's still good for the eyewitness test, as long as we have the gospel books, but... Our evangelical scholars won't accept the gospel book's dates, then it seems like they, they're a little bit stuck. Yes. And the problem, in addition to leaving out the gospel books, the, the problem here, well, it's twofold. One, it depends on 1 Corinthians 15, 3-7 being a creed and being a pre-Pauline creed. 
and being a pre-Pauline creed composed shortly after the resurrection and then passed on to Paul by the apostles soon after that, which would be right after he visited them, after his conversion on the road to Damascus, so we would say three to five years after. And then Paul later incorporated into 1 Corinthians. The problem is we can't know when it was written. If it's something that Paul passed on to the Corinthians when he first met them, all we can say is that this must have been composed before Paul visited the Corinthians in the year 51. Which means it could have been three years after the resurrection, or five, or 15, or 17 years after, or 18 years after. We don't actually know that it was that early. Evangelical scholars simply say that it was, and they all say that liberal scholars agree, but there's no way to know. The second problem is, is it a creed at all? Oh, the consensus among evangelical scholars is that it is a creed, isn't it? Certainly. Let's hear, for example, from Dr. Michael Lacona. Uh, this is an interview with Lee Strobel in the book, The Case for the Real Jesus, where he's discussing this thing. Now, he starts out by saying, We have oral tradition. Obviously, people in those days didn't have tape recorders and few people could read, so they relied on verbal transmission for passing along what happened until it was later written down. Scholars have identified several places in which this oral tradition has been copied into the New Testament in the form of creeds, hymns, and sermon summations. This is really significant because the oral tradition must have existed prior to the New Testament writings for the New Testament authors to have included it. Well, we see a problem with this already, which is that, as we've talked about before, the gospel books are not based on oral tradition. There might indeed have been some oral traditions floating about, but the apostles were writing their own eyewitness testimony in the gospel books under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So they were not relying on oral tradition. Here it's, it's just taken as, a, as an accepted fact that, yes, they were actually working with oral tradition, and Lacona goes on, we have creeds that laid out basic doctrines in a form that was easily memorized. One of the earliest and most important creeds was relayed by Paul in his first letter to the Corinthian church, which was written about AD 55. Many scholars believe Paul received this creed from Peter and James while visiting with them in Jerusalem Three years after his conversion, that would be within five years of the crucifixion. How do they know that? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? That, that is the actual question. How do they know that? What Lacona says is, many scholars believe. Which part of that is actual evidence? Well, it would depend on why they believe it, which is not stated. Well, exactly. We, we don't hear a, many scholars believe this because and give a reason. We, we've talked about this before as well. Scholarly bald assertions aren't really worth anything. You need to see evidence. And as we've seen, the, the, the terminus antequem, the point, the latest possible point would be when Paul visited Corinth. He had to have this with him by that time, which was A.D. 51. 
Please note that this is a multi-part series. If you have missed any episodes and would like to listen to them, they will all be available on our YouTube channel and on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can find the links to these on our website, truthinmydays.com, or you can look for Truth in My Days on YouTube as one word. So the most we can say is it was sometime before AD 51. We have no objective basis for saying that it was within uh, five years of the crucifixion, that Paul got it from the apostles when he visited Jerusalem three years later. And the fact that many scholars believe that, that's not evidence. Sorry, it just isn't. But as you say, most uh, evangelical scholars do say that. That's, that's Michael Lacona. Here's Craig Blomberg. He writes... And this is him being interviewed by Strobel in, in another book called The Case for Christ. He says, it's important to remember that the books of the New Testament are not in chronological order. The Gospels were written after almost all the letters of Paul, whose writing ministry probably began in the late 40s. Most of his major letters appeared during the 50s. To find the earliest information, one goes to Paul's epistles and then asks, are there signs that even earlier sources were used in writing them? Do you see a problem there already? Well, uh, the the Bible is what God gave us, so why do we need to look outside for even earlier sources? That's a good question. What else? Well, if, if they are not in chronological order, I, I do wonder why somebody arranges it like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and so on. Well, we know why the early church arranged it in that order, because they believed, based on evidence, based on the testimony of people who were familiar with the events, that that was the order in which they were composed. There's almost unanimous agreement on that. There's one one church father who suggests that Luke was written before Mark, but otherwise it's unanimous. Matthew was first, John was last, and Mark was second, and Luke third, with one exception that would put Luke second and Mark third. But again, the problem here is he is accepting without question these late dates and tells us that Paul's epistles are the earliest information. And you see why that's a problem. It means that our earliest information about the death and resurrection of Jesus comes from a man who was not an eyewitness to any of them. As opposed to the gospel books being the earliest, written by Jesus' chosen apostles, who did see the things. So, but as I've said, evangelical scholars almost unanimously accept these late datings. So, he goes on. Blomberg, we find that Paul incorporated some creeds, confessions of faith, or hymns from the earliest Christian church. These go way back to the dawning of the church soon after the resurrection. And how does he how does he know that? That they go way back to the dawning of the church? If he has a reason, he hasn't told us. Because if the crucifixion was as early as AD 30, it wasn't, it was actually AD 33. Paul's conversion was about 32, actually it was about 35. His first meeting with the apostles in Jerusalem would have been about A.D. 35. At some point along there, Paul was given this creed, which had already been formulated and was being used in the early church. How do we even know that he would have gotten it at the time of 
his conversion anyway. Well, not exactly his conversion. When he visited Jerusalem three years after his conversion. How, how do we know it was there? We don't know. We have no way of knowing. We have bald assertions. Lacona at least said many scholars believe. Craig Blomberg comes around and says this is what happened, but there is no evidence for that. We do not know that Paul was given this creed when he visited with the apostles or that he got it from the apostles. So, there's the problem. Okay? We're, we, we hear that this is a creed, this is an early creed formulated by the church, and where did Paul get it and when? Well, we've seen. Michael Kona says that uh, many scholars believe Paul received this creed from Peter and James while visiting with them in Jerusalem three years after his conversion. We see William Lane Craig cited in the case for Christ. Craig agreed with Blomberg that the creed undoubtedly goes back to within a few years of Jesus' crucifixion having been given to Paul after his conversion in Damascus or in his subsequent visit to Jerusalem when he met with the Apostle James and Peter. Gary Habermas, also being interviewed in the case for Christ, writes, I would concur with the scholars who believe Paul received this material three years after his conversion, when he took a trip to Jerusalem and met with Peter and James. Um, Could Paul maybe have uh, received it from God? Well, then it wouldn't be a creed, would it? Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But please join us for the next part, same time and same place. Thank you for listening to the Truth In My Days podcast with John Torse. If you like our content, please share this information with family and friends. It helps us a lot. We also would love to hear from you. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Truth In My Days as one word again. Truth In My Days as one word. No spaces in between. Or reach us by email at info at truthinmydays.com. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you.